T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I had no idea upon that to think that the Bulls were even, you know, in the top five teams. That's what he told me. He told me the top five teams in order, the possibilities, the percentages, you know, different scenarios, worst case scenario, best case scenario. I'm a realistic guy. I want, I want to understand the, the best case scenario. So I asked him, like, if they don't draft me, then how would it go? And he told me every scenario, and the Bulls wasn't in one, so... That, ladies and gentlemen, is Chicago's own Io DeSumno talking about the uh, pre-draft process leading up to the lottery that led uh, him to last into the second round for the Chicago Bulls. I believe it was at 38, 36 or 38. It was one of those two spots. Um, And the rest, as we say, is history. He is in Cleveland tonight as a rookie for the Rising Stars game at the All-Star game. He has been... Uh, a, a tremendous asset to the Chicago Bulls uh, in the first two-thirds of his rookie season. And now he is in Cleveland for the All-Star festivities, along with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, and along with Rob Schaefer of NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, as a matter of fact, that cut from Iowa was from his uh, Bulls Talk podcast, along with Casey Johnson, our other buddy over at NBC Sports Chicago. But Rob, good enough to check in with us tonight. Rob, I appreciate it. How you doing? The All-Star festivities off to a good start? Yeah, you know, uh, thanks for having me, Hub. First of all, um, but you know, All Star Weekend in Cleveland—it's been—it's been fun so far. Uh, there's been a little bit of inclement weather, which I'm sure you'll hear about from any a media member who had the misfortune of having a flight or two delayed. But um, you know, as far as I can see, everyone's made it here safely, including myself, and it, it should be a fun weekend uh, with a lot of Bulls representation, first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while to see this much Bulls representation, and that certainly feels good. Real quick before we get to any of that, though, um, is this uh, another event being impacted by COVID in any way, or does it seem like a fairly normal all-star setup for you? Are there any uh, restrictions, protocols, mitigations that people are having to deal with? Yeah, I got to say, it feels pretty close to normal. I mean, the last one, and and actually the first all-star weekend I covered, was the one in Chicago back in 2020. Um, you know, obviously there are protocols. I'm, I'm sure there's restricted access in some areas. Um, people are masked when they're in, you know, NBA sanctioned areas. Uh, there's a COVID negative test requirement to, uh, to get credentialed and be here. So, the, the, you know, there are little markers to remind, you know, of the, of the pandemic and that we're still grappling with that to a degree. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, you know, there's going to be a crowd here. Um, there's been in-person interviews with players. Uh, guys are excited. People are assembling. It, it, it once again kind of feels like uh, the entire NBA 
has congregated here, which, you know, wasn't the case last year in Atlanta when they were playing the game in an empty arena and kind of had the whole weekend condensed into one night. Um, so, I, you know, I'll call it normal-ish, which I think is a, is a step in the right direction. Um, and we'll see, you know, if we can get that a little bit closer uh, in future years. But uh, it, it's definitely exceeded my expectations in terms of uh, how seamless it has been. Rob, the Chicago Bulls enter the All-Star break on a five-game winning streak. It was something they needed as they had struggled a bit going 6-10 and ten in the 16 games prior to that. And admittedly, uh, I almost say against a soft, well, the last couple were against a soft part of the schedule, and then a couple 500 teams back in a first-place tie in the East with Miami for first place at 38-21. and 21. Uh, How badly did they need that five-game streak to get some momentum back going into the All-Star break? Yeah, b- badly. Um, I, I would say it like that. And, you know, regardless of opponent with how shorthanded this team is, due to key injuries to guys like Lonzo Ball, Caruso, uh, Patrick Williams, even Zach Levine missed the team's last three games going into the break. I don't think, uh, you know, anybody within the Bulls is going to quibble with who they beat. It's just a matter of stacking the wins and staying in a strong position in the Eastern Conference, which is pretty, pretty crowded. You know, only four or five games separating the top six seeds. So banking any type of win is, uh, is essential. And, you know, what makes it even more essential is if you think about it, you know, the Bulls have had a couple, you know, softer stretches of their schedule over the last few months. That only makes the stretch run that much more difficult. They've still got two more games against Miami. There's still a Philly uh, looming. There's still, I think, three more games against Milwaukee. So, you know, they're going to go through the ringer down the stretch here. Uh, Seeding is obviously going to be tremendously important to this group to find the right matchup um, in the first and second rounds. The East is just loaded, you know, six or seven deep with teams that you could see advancing a round or two. Um, so, you know, to, to be in the position that they're at at the All-Star break right now with how tough the schedule is going to be moving forward, uh, there's no doubt it's, it's essential. And uh, I think you have the quality of competition to thank, and you also have DeMar DeRozan to thank for that. Yeah, I want to get to DeRozan and obviously Levine and, and Io in just a moment. But the other, you know, I don't know if this qualifies as actual legitimate news or not. Uh, I don't know if the Bulls have confirmed it yet. It was actually Rick Carlisle, the Pacers, who announced uh, – two days ago, that Tristan Thompson was going to be the long-sought-after backup help for Nikola Vukovic, um, uh, that he had come over in the big trade earlier in the week and that they were letting him move on, that he was going to sign with the Bulls. I know when Billy Donovan was asked about it the other night, you know, he said he hadn't read Carlisle's comments. Do you know, is, is that, in fact, either official or going to happen? Because they have been looking for some depth there for a while. Well, it's not official, uh, and I don't think I would expect it to be until the weekend has kind of run its course. Obviously, the whole league um, is on hold until pretty much next Thursday. Um, so I, I wouldn't, you know, if and when it does become official, I wouldn't expect it for another couple of days. Uh, I mean, I, I'm under the impression that it's happening. I mean, it's a pretty unprecedented way uh, to announce it, to have an opposing coach announce that not only are they waving a player, um, that he knows exactly where he's going to sign, and here it is, and I'll spell it out to you in a not so – uh, you know, difficult to figure out hints, and then he'll just tell you straight out. Um, but I will say, you know, again, assuming it does happen, which I, I think is a, a high likelihood, if not um, a certainty, it's about as good of a get as the Bulls could have envisioned uh, on the buyout market. Thompson, he's obviously past his prime, um, but is still, you know, a really high-motor player defensively uh, and on the glass. You mentioned kind of the long-sought-after nature of the Bulls' search for Nikola Vucic's backup. It's been a revolving door there between Tony Bradley and Tyler Cook, Derek Jones Jr., guys who are either, you know, maybe a little bit overpassed um, backing up a guy like Booch or undersized. 
Uh, and that's been a lot of the Bulls' problems this year is being undersized pretty much beyond Vucevic in the front court. So uh, a guy like Thompson, he brings a lot of playoff experience, championship experience, and uh, a lot of skill sets in terms of being able to dominate the painted area. And not as much as he used to, but, you know, the Bulls hope for 15 to 20 minutes a game um, that I think is really going to fortify uh, their rotation. Um, so, you know, I, again, it, the bio market is never going to be perfect, but I think that's about as well as they could have done given the options available. Visiting with Rob Schaefer, who does such a great job covering the Chicago Bulls for NBC Sports Chicago. He is joining us live from Cleveland at the All-Star break, where the Rising Stars game will be this evening with Io DeSumno of the Bulls participating. Before we get to Io, though, I don't know how we talk about anybody, but DeMar, I know DeRozan uh, had said uh, that Thompson is actually an old friend of his, and he's excited about the possibility of joining the team. Rob, I, I don't even know if I can, if there are words to describe how significant the DeRozan signing has become. Uh, I mean, is he a legitimate MVP candidate right now? Because, it, I mean, he certainly, I would think, has to at least be in the conversation. I think well, he was the third leading vote getter for this All-Star game. And just looking at how this team has been impacted and the way he is performing, um, I'm assuming he's in the conversation, but I don't know if he'd be considered a favorite or not. Yeah, I think he has to be in the top five, right? I mean, at the bare, bare, bare minimum. It seems like from a lot of the polling that has been done around likely voters, um, as opposed to that fan vote, that the top three at this point is Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Nikola Jokic. And they're all having fantastic years in their own right, you know, statistically off the charts. There's no arguing that. But when you look at DeRozan's stats, when you look at the efficiency with which he's scoring, with when you look at how much he's still been able to, you know, be a facilitator for this group, even as shorthanded as they are. And he's really single-handedly carried them through this pretty crucial stretch of their season, um, being as shorthanded as they are. So, you know, I think it's going to be difficult to break into that top, top tier and become an odds-on favorite in the way that an Embiid, a Giannis, or a Jokic are. Uh, but to me, he's got to be on the ballot. I expect him to be on a lot of ballots uh, when it does come time to vote. Because when you combine the statistical quality of what he's doing when you combine the kind of interpersonal leadership aspect of how much he's just transformed this organization from a culture perspective. I mean, he's really just bought, bought a, a calming presence, a level-headed presence. Um, and this team is, you know, better than it's been in uh, almost a decade. So uh, he's got to be up there to me when you talk about value. I think that has a lot to do with production on the basketball court, but it also has something to do with, you know, value off of it and leadership off of it. And he checks all those boxes to me. So for me, I probably have him four to five uh, at the lowest. And if he can continue the run he's on, which feels improbable, but a lot of what he's done this season has felt improbable. If he can continue the run he's on, you know, maybe you see him break into that upper echelon. The other uh, Chicago Bulls all-star this year, his second straight appearance, Zach Levine, I know uh, was in California having that knee looked at. Apparently it needed to be drained, but he was cleared to play in the all-star game. Is there any, uh, additional news or any new reports on, on the status of that knee and the hopes that he can finally get and stay healthy the rest of the way out. Yeah, nothing other than the fact that it seems like the treatment took and that it was a productive visit and that, um, you know, Zach, the Bulls, and uh, his own, you know, medical team, the, the, the doctor he saw in Los Angeles was the same specialist that worked on his ACL uh, when he tore that in 2017 when he was in Minnesota. Um, so it sounds like it was a productive visit. All, the, all parties are on the same page. It sounds like he's feeling a lot better with this kind of what's been described as soreness. I, I, I've tried to drill down on a, on a diagnosis for what you would call this, but that's pretty much what I've gotten back is that it's a kind of just lingering discomfort. Sometimes they're swelling after games or there was swelling after games. Um, so there was mention, you know, when we talked to Billy Donovan last of, 
potentially having to manage Levine down the stretch. Now, whether that means, you know, treating him carefully on back-to-backs or just monitoring his symptoms on a night-to-night basis uh, with that knee, I don't, I'm not sure, and I don't think the Bulls are sure yet. I think they're going to have to see what it looks like once he gets back into the rigors uh, of an NBA season. Um, but for now, I, I think the, uh, the view of it is positive, uh, which is a good thing, uh, because, you know, not only do the Bulls have, you know, postseason expectations now for the first time in a long time, and Zach Levine's never played in the playoffs before. That's obviously tremendously important to him. Um, you know, he's also due for uh, a pretty big uh, pay raise this, this summer uh, in, in the form of, uh, you know, a new contract. So there were a lot of reasons that I think it was wise of the team and Zach to pause for a few games and get this thing figured out. Um, for the time being, it, it seems as if they do. Um, and then we'll see how that develops after the, after the All-Star break finishes up. Well, Rob, the, the man of the hour tonight in the Rising Star game, as I said, Chicago's own Io DeSumo. And, you know, it's really kind of stunning. When you look and see that Kobe White and Lonzo Ball have each missed a third or more of the Bulls games, even with the shooting guards, Caruso's missed half the season, Levine has missed 15% of the season. Without Io, you really have to wonder where this team would be right now. I mean, it's not just that he's an impressive rookie for a second-round pick in a league where lottery picks fail, but the production he's given them and, and the way he's adapted and adjusted, I just I can't imagine anybody saw this coming. Yeah, it's been a sliding scale upwards for him throughout the season, right, where, you know, he starts as kind of a, okay, well, maybe he'll be on the end of the bench, maybe he'll get some summer league run, uh, or sorry, uh, G League run throughout the course of his rookie season. Then all of a sudden, you know, he's hitting game-winning shots in the preseason. Okay, that's nice. Then all of a sudden he's cracking Billy Donovan's rotation when the team was fully healthy. I'm kind of getting to that eighth, ninth rotation spot. His minutes just kept climbing from there because, you know, with his play, he just kind of refused to let go of the rotation spot that he earned and the trust that he earned from Billy Donovan and the rest of the coaching staff. He's obviously earned that from his teammates too. And then I think it went beyond just, well, this is a pretty solid uh, season so far from this rookie or this is a solid season so far from the second-round pick. It went beyond that when, to me, as you, as you stated, when he moved into the starting lineup for Lonzo Ball, when he went down, I mean, he's just, he's been playing like an above average NBA starting point guard for the last three to four weeks here. Um, it's been absolutely essential for the Bulls. He, he obviously plays both ends of the floor. Um, he's gotten so much better as a, as a scorer, um, as a finisher, as a spot up shooter, uh, and obviously as a facilitator. Um, so, I mean, there's no other way to put it other than that he's been massive for the Bulls. And you see it in the fact that, you know, yeah, people talk about, well, if you redrafted uh, the NBA draft now, like, where would he go? Uh, certainly higher than 38, and if you take the Rising Stars selections as, as doctrine to a degree, he might be one of the first 12 rookies selected because there are only 12 rookies selected for this game, and I think Iowa's was pretty much a lock uh, with the way he's played this season. So, uh, I mean, just just an absolute, you know, strike of gold for the Bulls to get this kind of production um, from that low of a draft slot. And, uh, you know, as, as evidenced in the clip that you played in the open, you know, neither Iowa nor the Bulls thought that this was going to happen, and uh, they both got to be feeling pretty fortunate that it did. So, Rob, last one, and I'll let you go enjoy the festivities. But I have to ask, obviously the hope is to get this team healthy to have a chance to really do some damage in the playoffs. And that means getting uh, Lonzo Ball back. It means Alex Caruso being back. It means Kobe White uh, being healthy. When White and Ball are healthy, what do you guess happens with DeSumo as far as the, the, the minutes he's getting and the playing time he gets? Or is it going to be a three-man rotation? Uh, yeah, I think just given how small the Bulls have played and they've had success doing it, 
even though it's been imperfect and how small Billy Donovan has traditionally liked to play. I think there's going to be room for, you know, the guards that they have in the guard room. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot, to be sure. It's, it's Kobe White, it's Ayo Desumu, it's Zach Levine, it's Lonzo Ball. It's Alex Caruso who can play up a couple positions because of uh, kind of the, the, the style that he plays. He can, you know, he can function as a three or a four for stretches. Um, but, you know, I think there's going to be room for everybody. There has to be room for everybody with the way, you know, even Kobe has, has improved so much in his third season. I don't think you can relegate him from the rotation by any means either. Um, it just might, you know, might end up being a matchup-based thing. It might end up being a uh, ride-the-hot-hand type of situation from Billy Donovan. Um, he's proven that he can – you know, obviously do that throughout his coaching career, but especially this season, I think his, you know, hand on the controls of the rotations has been pretty sound. So it'll be interesting to see. I think there's room uh, for everybody, but, you know, regardless of where his minutes land at the end of the season when this team's healthy, this experience, as much as it's been difficult for the Bulls as a team because of how shorthanded they've been, this experience I think has just been absolutely foundational for his development. Like to get the keys to the car this early in his career and to excel like he has, you know, Looking, you got to look beyond this year when you're talking about a rookie like him. I think it's really going to benefit him um, in the long run as much as it's benefited the Bulls this season. Real, real quick, Rob, am I right? He seems like a really quality young man, too. I've just been so impressed every time I've heard him talk. Uh, he seems to come across as a guy with a real level head on his shoulders. Level head is exactly how I'd put it. Workmanlike, humble. Um, just, the, I mean, from a young age, you can just tell it's, it's you know, a, a really rare work ethic has been instilled in him and uh, a humility where, he, you know, a lot of players say they never get too high or too low, but I think with Io, um it's a reality um, that, you know, it's a rare times that he's had rookie moments this season. He's been the type from everything that his teammates say and everything that his coaches say, he's been the type to, you know, immediately go find the vet in the room, find the coach in the room, ask questions and correct it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's part of talent evaluation too, right, in the league. It's not only about on-court skill set. It's about what's between the years too because, you know, everybody in the league has talent. That's how you make it to the NBA. But it's about what's between the years that helps you maximize that talent. And, uh, you know, I think what we can safely say about Ayodesumo is whatever, whatever maximum capacity he can get out of his basketball skills or his body, he's going to get it. because He's going to get to that um, because of the way he's wired. Rob Schaefer, the other half of the All-Star reporting team, along with Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago, when it comes to covering the Bulls, good enough to join us from the All-Star break in Cleveland. Rob, thank you so much. Have a great time tonight and the rest of the weekend. I hope you enjoy the festivities. Thanks, Rob. Good to talk to you. That is Rob Schaefer. We are going to take a very quick commercial break here. When we get back, we'll get some more of your phone calls at 312-644-6767. I'm going to see if I can hook up with the text line now as well. The text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. And I should tell you that uh, Rob just joined us on our score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Very quick commercial word, and then back with your calls at 312-644-6767. In just a moment right here at The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thank you all so much for being with me this evening. I am Hub Arkish here with you until 9 o'clock. Got some great guests alongside. We are taking your phone calls, having a good time, talking whatever sports are on your mind. Obviously, when I'm here, we talk a lot of NFL and Chicago Bears, but just had a really great report on the Bulls and the All-Star break, the NBA All-Star break with Rob Schaefer of NBC Sports. Uh, good enough to check in from Cleveland as Io DeSumno gets ready to uh, tip off in the Rising Stars game tonight. Uh, Bulls on a five-game winning streak into the All-Star break, tied with the Miami Heat again for first place in the Eastern Conference. And they've now opened up a little two-and-a-half-game gap between uh, themselves and the third- and fourth-place teams. Remember, uh, coming off that, that rough 6-10 and ten stretch before the five-game win streak, uh, the Bulls had fallen a game and a half back, but there was five teams within a game and a half of each other. Uh, so the Bears and Miami separating ever, uh, the Bears, the Bulls and Miami separating ever so slightly. And hopefully that will be good news coming out of the All-Star break. Right now, everybody just going to enjoy the festivities this weekend in Cleveland. We are also going to be talking some MLB in our next segment, actually listening to a Really entertaining interview that uh, Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel did earlier today with uh, Black Jack McDowell, the former Chicago White Sox Cy Young Award winner. Uh, remember, he was a member of the White Sox in 1994 when the players went out on strike, and uh, Danny and Matt checked in with him to get some idea of what goes on. This is a lockout, not a strike, but uh, nonetheless, it has the same net effect. So uh, some great stuff coming from Jack McDowell in the next segment. But right now, we're going to get back to the phone lines, as promised, the number 312 312- 644-6767 if you'd like to join us as Dan out in Homer Glen has. Dan, thanks for dialing us up. How you doing? Hey, um, thanks for having my call. Uh, I want to talk Bears, obviously, with you, and uh, I want to get away from just talking personnel, but I want to talk schematics. And what I mean by that is, is that the Bears are going from a 3-4 defense to now a 4-3, 
And with having Cleo Mack and Quinn on the edges in a 3-4, we're now having in a 4-3, one, one of those guys is going to be an odd man out. Um, what's your thoughts on whether or not one of those guys are going to have to play with the hand in the dirt in a five technique or one of them is going to be shipped out of town and who would that be? Dan, you're losing me. Why would one of them be an odd man out if you're going to a 40 well, front? In a in a in a in a three man front in a in a in a thirty four scheme, both men would be playing a seven technique, stand up, more of an outside edge rush, and also a, a run run support off the edge. In a, in a four three scheme, you only have that right. one seven technique right there. So one man is going to play the five technique, or you're going to shift one of those two guys back to the second tier of either being a, a Sam, a, a Mike, or a Will. And I don't think. Either well, Quinn or or Max fits that profile, so they're also going to be in need of having another second tier linebacker. No, Dan, I, I, I there are some needs at linebacker, but but as far as making the switch, and, and let let's take a step backwards here. I used to worry about this because up until four or five years ago, when you were a base four three or a base three four, you were in it, you know, 50, 60, 70 percent of the time. But what's happened in the NFL in, in recent years? Um, is that with, with more and more defensive coverages and disguising schemes and things, uh, teams have their sub packages and they're in their sub packages. The Bears, believe it or not, even though they were a base 3 4 team, were in a 40 front almost 65% of the time last year. That's how often they went to the sub packages, uh, you know, whether they were the various uh, pass rush or pass coverage schemes. And so um, it, it isn't going to be as radical a change as we thought of it. Uh, you know, I want to say in the old days, but 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 a little while ago. And in the case of Robert Quinn, he is a true four-three defensive end. That's what he played almost his entire career until getting here last year in 2020, when the Bears shifted him to that seven technique position that you're talking about. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't really call it that, but but I guess that works. But it's the outside rush linebacker in the three-four. Khalil Mack also was a first-team All-Pro as a hand-on-the-ground defensive end in Oakland, I think two years, uh, at least one, when they were playing a 4-3 base package. So one of the things that that, that Matt Eberflus and, and, and now Alan Williams are, I don't want to say drooling over, but, but Alan Williams told me he's really excited about it, is that in making the transition to 4-3, They've got two all pros to play the ends. That's that that you know. It's not the reason they're doing it. This is the scheme that Matt Eberflus plays. That's the reason they're doing it. But um, uh, they're they're built to do it. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to see Akeem Hicks back. He'd be a monster as an anchor tackle in a forty front. It just seems really unlikely with with how contentious those negotiations got. How unhappy Akeem was. I asked him. I think it was around week 11 or week 12 we were talking uh, and I said, you know, have you ruled out the possibility of re-signing here as a free agent next year? And he, he looked at me kind of funny and he said, you know, I, I, I have to rethink that, you know, be, because after being upset leading up to the season, he did try and settle in and if not for the injuries, was trying to be a, a solid citizen and he did have a couple of really good games and he said that he would have to rethink if they could move past the, um, the tension of last year. But at his age, um, uh, you know, and it's not, and believe me, I wish I was his age, but at uh, his age as an NFL player, um, the, the kind of contract that he wanted that was the reason they had so much tension is just unlikely to be there. If he would consider a shorter term, uh, you know, 
if not a one, uh, you know, maybe a two-year deal, I suppose there'd be a possibility, but it just seems unlikely. So if he is not back, you can still man that anchor tackle pretty solidly with Angelo Blackson and Kairos Tonga, who will be back. And I think Bilal Nichols was born to play the three technique in, in, in a 4-3 front. And, and that's, you know, if they re-sign him. Now, again, we, we've got to learn more about what Ryan Poles is thinking. But, but the two guys of their free agents who I absolutely would not let get out of town are James Daniels and Bilal Nichols uh, for the reasons we've talked about tonight. I talked about James Daniels a little while ago. I can go back to that again if anybody missed it. But in the case of Bilal Nichols, I'm talking to scouts and coaches around the league who think this guy has a chance to be a high-end three technique. And so now, if he is, and you've got these all pros on the ends and Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn, and then Roquan Smith, I think most likely moves to the Willbacker spot, the uh, the, uh, the Lance Briggs position, the Derek Brooks position, if you will. He's not as big as they were, um, but he's athletic enough to play it. And and then you've got a problem, you know, with the Sam and the inside backer. Christian Jones is a free agent. Uh, Caleb Johnson is interesting, a priority free agent who made the roster last year primarily as a special teamer, but he is an inside linebacker. And, you know, whether he could either play the mic or maybe go on the other end and play the Sam, I don't know. Um, I thought Alec Ogletree played well enough to, to consider bringing him back on a shorter-term veteran deal, but I don't know if Ryan Poles is thinking that way. It's hard for me to imagine um, that Danny Trevathan is really going to pass a medical at this point with the problems he's had the last couple of years, and there is about a, a $3 million cap savings there. The, the reason I didn't mention Eddie Goldman um, along with Blackson and Tong at that anchor tackle position is because he, and these are if they're post-June 1 cuts, he could give you as much as seven or eight million dollars in cap relief. So that's another ten or eleven cap space you save if you move on from Goldman and Trevathan. I'd hate to see Danny gone for his leadership and character and class, um, but but the injuries have taken their toll. Eddie Goldman, I like a lot. He had a great game in Pittsburgh. Uh, he had a few other moments where he looked like the old Eddie Goldman, but over the course of the season, after opting out for the year, he didn't really make the return all the way to his 2019 form, and and that's the the one big salary cap chunk you can create if you're looking for more. So you know we'll watch those very closely. Um, but but to your point, Dan, I don't think the problem is up front on the defensive line. Uh, I think the the problem is going to be both starters and depth at linebacker. Uh, Travis Gibson is going to be your third uh, hand-on-the-ground defensive end. He played with a hand-on-the-ground at Tulsa before the Bears drafted him. So they're really set at defensive end in the 40 front. Uh, it's linebacker that they've got to figure out, and there's going to have to be some some additions there um, in order to flush out that lineup. So thank you much for the call. I do appreciate it. I, I mentioned the James Daniels, and I've got a, a text here. I, I promised we would get into the text zone uh, if possible, it's going to be a quick visit now. The text zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Uh, but got a text from um, someone in, uh, let me see. It was, I believe, I want to say in the 847 area. It was actually the 224 area code telling me that I was 100% spot on on my O-line plan. If you missed it, I would absolutely go into the free agent market and go after one of the big name left tackles. There are some really good ones out there. Teron Armstead has been in the, in the conversation along with Tyron Smith and David Bakhtiari as the best left tackle in football the last couple of years. He's 31 years old. The Saints are $80 million over the cap. Don't know how they're going to retain him. Cam Robinson is younger at 27, not quite the player that Armstead has been, but still developing. You've got Eric Fisher, Orlando Brown, Trent Brown. These guys all in the 30-31 range. Um, you know, all high-end Pro Bowl level left tackles. I like Tevin Jenkins a lot. 
I just don't think he's a left tackle. I think he's got to go to right tackle. I think you could kick Larry Borum inside to right guard, which is where he was projected as a day two draft prospect by a number of folks. And then I re-signed James Daniels and put him back at center because coming out of Iowa, he was one of the best center prospects we had seen in a decade. My buddy Olin Krutz has always agreed with me that his ceiling is higher at that position. And I'm not as down on Sam Mustafer as most are. I think he is average, and I think you can get away with him there if you're really good around him. But if you were to add an Armstead or, or, or a Brown at left tackle, if Jenkins becomes the kind of player I think he can be at right tackle, I think Borum can be a stud and guard. Cody Whitehurst, a former pro bowler. Daniels has got that kind of upside. You could suddenly have a really good offensive line with just the one big addition. So that's the way I would look at that. And that's why I mentioned re-signing James Daniels and Bilal Nichols. Guys, we've got to take a very quick commercial break. On the other side, we've got a treat for you. We're going to hear from uh, Blackjack McDowell. We'll set that up for you in just a moment right here at 670 The Score. Welcome back, everybody. Hub Arkish here with you until 9 o'clock. I'm having a great time visiting with you all. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. The guy who makes it go, studs, Adam Staczynski, is behind the glass, spinning the dials. He is the friendly voice on the other end of the phone when you guys dial us up. And we're going to get back to some more of your calls in a little while. But right now, we've got kind of a special treat for you. I've been hearing... Left and right, not only from friends, but watching Twitter and some other places, nothing but people going wild about the interview uh, that Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel did earlier today with former Chicago White Sox Cy Young Award winner Blackjack McDowell uh, won that Cy Young Award in 93 when the Sox went to the ALCS before getting knocked out of the playoffs. In 1994, they were one game ahead of the Cleveland Indians. They were 67 and 46 when on August 12th, MLB players walked out. The strike that ended the season uh, with the players locked out now. They're not on strike, but the, the end result is the same. There is no baseball going on. Danny and Matt decided to check in with Jack McDowell about what it was like that year, having to walk out when they did, what it was like during the strike, and and, and Black Jack McDowell did nothing but entertain uh, in his answers and their conversation. So we're going to bring some to you right now. Here is this afternoon's piece from Danny and Matt with Jack McDowell. Thank you so much for the time. How are you doing today? Ah, doing all right, man. What's going on? Hey, a little stick figure right there coming in. Jack, I saw you and stick figure at Martyrs, Lincoln, Irving, and Damon. What, 96? I'm trying to remember. Um, but it was a good show. So it's a, I'm a little late to tell you. It's fair <laughs> to say, but good show that night. Yeah, it's been a while. Now they've gotten rid of so many of those smaller theaters. That's kind of why I kind of dropped out of it for a little bit. Do you still play, like even in the basement or or with folks or whatever? Once it's in you, it's... Uh, I mean, I just recently started re- rewriting songs and just kind of recording them on the, uh, on you know, just kind of doing demos on my computer now for a little bit. And I'm not sure if I'm going to get back into it or not. Well, it's uh, rewarding, I'm sure, and uh, always appreciated your passion for music as as well as baseball. So nice to talk to you. Are you right. enjoying getting back into the music thing? Then I mean, you're just doing it for fun. You said, yeah, it's cool. I like it. I like I like projects. I like when you're going to go work on something and you finish it and it's done and it's right there. So that's that's always <laughs> a good thing. Music. 
So, you know, there's so many things we'd love to talk to you about, but obviously baseball's in a really weird spot right now. They announced today that spring training will be will be delayed. You went through a work stoppage, obviously, in 94. Plenty of differences, but, of course, still some similarities. What was it like to go through that uh, as a player? Because I'd imagine a lot of players right now, obviously, it's there going through it for the first time. Yeah, and the, you know, the toughest part is, you know, getting ready to get ready for spring training is, you know, what your normal projection is of when you should start throwing, when you should start getting ready physically to go to spring training. Now, if it's going to be a month later, you know, it might be messed up. So you don't know what to do. And back in then, you know, back in 94, that's kind of where I was at. I wasn't really prepped for, spring training we didn't know anything and then just kind of out of the blue the whole thing ended and they're like okay you know we got to see you in spring training in two days <laughs> and i was like whoa i mean i was i had had my first child in mid-february of that year of 1995 and so we were in chicago and my whole family's in california and we flew out there to introduce the kid to all of his family and i get the call when i'm out there Oh. And it was like, okay, and I didn't even know if I was going to be still with the White Sox or if I if the trade that was supposedly illegal. I was told it was illegal that they that they made whether I was going to be on the Yankees or not. So I get a call from the Yankees like they got we got you got to be in Florida in two days. I was like, okay, so I'm going to go to spring training. I got to fly back to Chicago, just grab my baseball stuff, and go to spring training where am I going to live <laughs> when we go to New York? I had no clue. You know, it was just a really tough way to begin a season that way. Yeah, that's insane, man, because it was three weeks of spring training, plus you get the official news of a trade that you thought was coming. I mean, was your body even ready? Was your arm ready? Was your mind ready when the season starts three weeks after April 2nd? Well, we weren't in as good a shape. I mean, you can go look. It wasn't. I didn't have that great of a start of a season, uh, but, the, but towards the end, I did okay and did a little bit better. But ended up getting hurt at the end of the season. But go look at Jimmy Key. Jimmy Key, you know, lasted two starts and then blew his arm out and was out for the season. So, and I, I haven't really checked to see how many other guys got hurt during that year because they weren't ready to get into it. Well, there were injuries were way up during the the COVID shortened season with the the weird start and stop nature of of that whole thing. So we're kind of expecting that might happen again this year. Well, the the injuries are up every year with all the stuff that they're jamming down these pitchers' throats instead of just letting them do what they do and be able to build up their stuff and all the you know it's all about velocity. So they do all this stupid overweight lifting and all this stuff that you're not supposed to do if you're a pitcher and they're doing it all. And that's why the injury rate is up crazy every year now. So what are they, what are they doing wrong? What are they doing wrong? Overlifting with their arms, trying to get strong, everyone throwing with the weighted balls. I mean, from high school and college up now, I see all these guys throwing weighted balls and doing all this stuff. Like when that is not the way to do stuff, you know, but they think that everyone thinks that velocity is the main thing, but it's actually command and, you know, being able to pitch back and forth, up and down, in and out is how you get people out. 
ain't just you throw hard, but you know, it's a, it's just the way things are going right now. The, the metric stuff, they think that that's so important that that's what they're jamming down everyone's throats. And so real pitchers that know how to pitch and get guys out that ain't throwing, you know, a hundred miles an hour with their new technology that they're measuring with, you know, they didn't even get a chance to move forward. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I was looking at your stats, Jack. In 1993, you had a decision in every one of your first 27 starts, either a win or a loss. That's never going to be broken. You know, starters don't go deep enough. What what are fans losing by not seeing starters go deep with regularity like you always did? Well, they're losing the maximization of your best guys. If you were one of the five stars, it was because you were one of the top five pitchers on your team, and so you got used. Now they're going to pay a guy $40 million and only throw him five innings a game, only throw him half a game. It doesn't make any sense. And think about this. Think about this back in the day when here's what you heard. Okay, hey, the good starting pitchers, if you don't get on them early in a game – and they get in their rhythm, and they get going, and they get going, then they've got the win, right? You've, you've heard that a million times, right? Mm-hmm. But nowadays, the metrics people say, no, you know, the third time that they see a pitcher is the toughest time for that guy to make an out because he's already seen your other pitchers and all that. Well, wait a minute, why does that change? You're not even allowing the reality of real baseball to make its way there and that was real baseball whereas you know what hey if we're going you know that you know sometimes hey my split's not working the first couple innings but I'll get it going and you know if you don't get me earlier and I get my rhythm going and get everything going then you know you're going to be good and that's how it was and that's the reality but that's not a measurable thing with technology and so anything that's not measured with technology nowadays is considered false I'm getting a sense that you don't love analytics, Jack. <laughs> no, joke. It's a, it's a joke. If there was anything that actually helped the game and helped me coach people and help win games and help guys get better, I would definitely be into it. You know, but there isn't a single thing that they've come up with that actually does positivity towards anything <laughs> in this game. It's actually taken away it's taking away a lot of the positivity of a lot of things in the, in the actual game of baseball. See, I, I, I love the game. I love your passion for it. We both do. And it's like, but what they have is they're teaching guys, as you say, to throw so hard. So that guy comes in in the fifth or the sixth and he throws hard and it's your starters aren't necessarily the best guys anymore. Like the strategy has changed. I don't think it's the best for the fans. Say that much. Like the game has changed in a way that makes it not as entertaining. But there's got to be some things that you see that that make some strategic sense at this point. Not anything I see up there. I think that's just ridiculous. And it's it's increasing injuries, and it's not maximizing on your best guys. And you know, you got in just listening to what you just said. Yeah, you're being dominated by the fake technology again you think that all these guys throw 10 miles an hour faster than we did back in the day just watch the videos watch videos of guys back in our day who were the hard throwing guys compared to now 
they are measuring fastballs and balls right out of the hand now. Okay. The jugs gun and the ray gun back in the day measured it as it crossed home plate. Uh-huh. So there ain't no difference. These guys, I, you know, I, I've been there. I've been with these guys that they say are throwing a hundred and sitting there watching them going, they ain't no different than anything I saw, you know, hitting against guys in spring training. This is not, you know, this is not, but they're just trying to pump it up. Like they're doing such a great job. And you look at this fake technology like everything else in the world <laughs> Wait, so, so you you believe that the 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 number of pitchers on say the the 93 white Sox staff uh the number of guys who could throw a hundred or 98 plus is roughly the same as the number of guys on the current white Sox who could throw 98 plus with the with the the way that they are measuring it who knows you know who knows but the way it's being measured now is different than the way it was. And if you just watch videos, there ain't no different look to it. These guys aren't throwing. If they, you know, it, it does. You, you can tell a difference. If you if you see a guy throwing eighty, and then a guy throwing ninety, back in our day, you can tell a ten mile an hour difference. You see a guy that supposedly sat at ninety, which is everybody back in our day, you know, and now say a guy that sits at ninety eight to one hundred one, there ain't no visual difference in it well uh, i'll say this you're not alone in your concern for the way they measure and where the gun measures i've heard this stuff before but they're paying more for velocity so they've figured out ways to teach more velocity like what you said about people's arms breaking down is because they're making guys throw with the weighted balls so now like only the guys with the super arms only the nolan ryans are the ones that survive uh, anymore so I mean, there's a possibility that they are teaching velocity better and differently, Jack. Yeah, they're they're teaching it differently, but, you know, what is it doing? Well, you know, it's, it's it was interesting. Guys. We were looking at some of the stats earlier. You led baseball with a 3-1 to one strikeout-to-walk ratio. Corbin Burns led baseball last year with a 6.5-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. Like, the number of strikeouts in the game today is just... It's just ridiculous, and I think it hurts the watchability of the game. Well, and it's because of the metrics guys, once again, having everybody teach the launch angle swings, and it's ruining the game down at the lowest level now, too, as you're trying to teach kids, you know, and they think this launch angle swing is so important, and it's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You do not create the launch angle with your swing. It's just how you connect to the ball and trying to lift the ball in the air. You're going to get crushed with it. And that's why the strikeout rate is jumping. It's it has nothing to do with, Oh, this guy's got so much better stuff now, you know, and go, you know, and go look in our day, the difference between the American league strike zone and the national league strike zone. It was a damn joke. Yeah. That, that... <laughs> I'll tell you, it was a treat, guys. We wanted to get you some of it. That is Jack McDowell, Black Jack McDowell, former Cy Young Award winner for the Chicago White Sox, joined Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel today, principally uh, because of his experience in 94 when on August 12th the Major League players walked out on strike because their CBA had expired. Sox were in first place by a game over Cleveland at the time, had won the division, gone to the ACLS the year before. 
Unfortunately, baseball did not return until 95. And, and you know, they talked about it a little bit, but McDowell's just so entertaining that they got going in every direction. And uh, for, for all you uh, sabermetrics guys out there, I got a hunch that Jack McDowell's going to be back on the air sometime real soon because that was as entertaining as hell. Just really enjoyable. Great job by Danny and Matt getting that on. Guys, we've got to take a quick break here. I've got another special guest of my own coming up next, though. Potsy, Mark Potash, covers the Chicago Bears for the Chicago Sun-Times. Always one of my favorite interviews, one of my favorite visits. Good friend. Potsy's going to check in on the other side of this break. We're going to talk about what the Bears have done so far and what they should do next. That is right here at 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 